The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. with Wings Productions presents Chapter 3 of the Skylark Bell Skydive. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In last week's episode, we learned about a strange and frightening recurring nightmare where Farfalla finds herself underwater. In today's episode, we read Chapter 3, The Dreamcatcher, in which Farfalla celebrates her 16th birthday. Today's podcast partner is Something Rather Than Nothing. Host Ken Volante does a phenomenal job of bringing art philosophy to the forefront and finding unique perspectives through his roster of guests. You can find an interview with me on the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast on my website. I'll also provide a link directly to the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. Now it's time to settle in. Grab a blanket and a warm drink, and let's get started. July 8th, 1921. Today is my birthday. Not just any birthday. Today I'm 16 years old. 16 years seems like such a long time, doesn't it? 16 whole years on this earth. I think Paloma is envious. She can't wait to be old enough to move away to the big city. She says it's not fair that I'm always two steps ahead of her. I'm wearing my prettiest burgundy dress, and Mama has done my hair up in braids. She says I look sophisticated. That's only because she didn't see my muddy feet before I slipped them into my shoes. I've invited some friends from school to celebrate, all my closest friends. Willie and Eleanor Bunting, Isadora Finch, James Carnifex, Gilly Starling, and Audrey Turturro, who said she will bring a cake from her parents' bakery. Papa insisted I also invite Gordon and Emma Starling, even though they're younger than me. He said Paloma should have some friends at the party, too. Mama has already stretched colorful streamers across the front porch, and I climbed into the oak tree and wrapped some around its trunk. I can't be sure, but I think the oak tree was smiling. Farfalla walks to the small vanity in the corner of her room. She sits on the stool and stares at her face in the mirror, squinting at the corners of her eyes and the shape of her lips. She licks her fingers and sticks a rebellious strand of hair back in place before standing up and pressing the creases out of her dress with her hands. 
She can feel her heart beat with anticipation. The party is about to start. My darling, you look quite lovely, says her mother as Farfalla comes down the stairs. A beautiful young lady, adds her father, a proud smile on his face. Farfalla blushes. Thank you, she whispers. Just then she hears a knock at the door and jumps up with delight. Our first guest, she squeals. She races to the door and swings it open. Hi, Gilly, she shouts, throwing herself into her friend's arms, her enthusiasm nearly knocking the girl over. Happy birthday, says Gilly, handing Farfalla a box wrapped in brown paper and decorated with a bright yellow satin ribbon. Hi, Gordon. Hello, Emma, says Paloma from behind Farfalla's shoulder. The twins wave sheepishly and hand Farfalla a bag decorated with tissue paper before skipping over to Paloma. Behind them comes James Carnifex, who hands Farfalla a small package. This is for you, he says, blushing. Thank you, James, she says, noting how the sun is reflecting off his blonde hair and turning it almost white. Farfalla blushes slightly and waves him into the house. She glances down the lane and sees Willie and Eleanor Bunting making their way toward the house, Audrey Turturro walking with them and carrying a large box with a bright blue ribbon. Farfalla, unable to contain herself, races down the lane, the wind loosening several strands of hair from the grip of her mother's braids. "'Happy birthday!' shout Willie and Eleanor in unison. "'Bonne fête!' says Audrey, in her usual quiet voice. "'Thanks, everyone. I'm so excited to see you. Please follow me,' she says, leading them up to the house. She gets her guests settled in and peeks out the window. Isadora Finch is finally coming up the lane. Farfalla races out to greet her. Hello, Farfalla. Happy birthday, says Isadora in her calm, even manner. She hands Farfalla a contraption like Farfalla has never seen before. This is a dream catcher, she says, before Farfalla has a chance to ask. You hang it above your bed. Our people say it catches the bad dreams in its net and only lets the good dreams through. Farfalla is stunned. The gift couldn't be more timely. Just two nights ago, she had the water dream again. She holds up the dream catcher to take a closer look. It is made with a hoop of wood through which grass and string has been threaded in an intricate pattern to form a net. From the bottom of the hoop hangs several strings of turquoise beads, strung on strips of leather with white feathers attached to the bottom. Isadora, this is beautiful. Did you make it yourself? She asks in awe. Isadora nods shyly. Thank you so much, says Farfalla, pulling her friend into a warm embrace. Come on, everyone is here already, she adds, taking Isadora by the hand and leading her to the house. Let the festivities begin, Mr. Shearwater's booming voice bounces off the walls. My darling Farfalla, let me present you with our gift before we do anything else. I think it will make a wonderful addition to your party, he says, a secretive gleam in his eyes. Close your eyes and turn around, says Mrs. Shearwater, a teasing smile on her face. Farfalla puts her hands up to her eyes and turns around. She can hear shuffling behind her, 
and hears her friends gasp and giggle. Okay, turn around, says her mother. Farfalla turns around and feels her stomach do a flip of excitement. On the dining room table is a wooden box with a large horn stretching up from the side of it. A Victrola! Mama, Papa, this is such a wonderful gift, she breathes. I was only able to buy two records for it, but I believe you'll enjoy them, says her father. He places a record on the Victrola and turns the crank. Like magic, music fills the room. William Bunting grabs Audrey Turturro and begins dancing around the living room. Within moments, Gordon, Gilly, and Eleanor are joining in. Isadora and Paloma sit shyly in the corner, talking about the latest Agatha Christie novel. May I dance with the birthday girl? asks James Carnifex, holding a handout to Farfalla. Farfalla nods, hoping he hasn't noticed the pink rising in her cheeks, and takes his hand. The pair swirls around the room, everyone bumping into one another and laughing madly. Finally, Mrs. Shearwater claps her hands and announces that dinner is ready. Everyone makes their way to the table, their loud chatter trailing behind them. They eat merrily while discussing their plans for the summer. At long last, Mrs. Shearwater carries the box that Audrey Turturro brought, sets it on the table, and opens it so everyone can see the contents. Farfalla gasps in amazement. Audrey, this is the most beautiful cake I've ever seen. I almost don't want to cut and eat it. Almost, she emphasizes, laughing. The cake is iced in white frosting and decorated with garlands of flowers and brightly colored birds all around. In perfect cursive words, Happy 16th Birthday, Farfalla, is written on the top with pale blue icing, the eye in birthday dotted with a small flower. Mrs. Shearwater serves everyone a slice of cake. It is as delicious as it is beautiful. Once everyone has finished eating, Mr. Shearwater announces it is time for Farfalla to open her gifts. This was sent in the post from your cousin Bruno, says Mr. Shearwater, handing Farfalla an envelope. Farfalla opens it carefully and pulls out a photograph of she and her cousin when she was visiting last summer. He had been very excited to explain the inner workings of his camera. Farfalla smiles warmly at the memory. Next, she opens the gifts that the starlings brought over, starting with the box from Gilly, which contains a beautiful dark blue leather sketchbook with a hummingbird etched on the front in gold. The bag from Gordon and Emma contains a lovely bouquet of dried flowers in a small glass vase, with a yellow satin ribbon tied around it to match the box that Gilly's gift was wrapped in. The package from Willie and Eleanor contains an intricately illustrated book of native flowers and birds. Next, she opens the small box from James Carnifex and finds a brooch in the shape of a swallow, its eyes encrusted with a bright blue stone. Oh, James, this is beautiful, she says, pinning it to her dress. James blushes and smiles warmly at her. Finally, she opens Paloma's gift and finds a long silver chain with a charm on it in the shape of a tree. It's supposed to be the oak in our front yard, the one you love so much, says Paloma, leaning in to gauge Farfalla's reaction. Paloma, it's absolutely perfect. 
Thank you so much, everyone, she says, her voice filled with gratitude. Oh, let me show you what Isadora brought, she adds, suddenly remembering the dream catcher. She runs to the coat rack by the front door where she left it hanging and scurries back to the sitting room. She holds it up proudly and explains how it works. She and Paloma give one another a knowing look when she gets to the part about the dreamcatcher filtering out bad dreams. How curious, says the ever-practical Mrs. Shearwater. I think it's lovely, says Audrey softly, walking over to take a closer look. The sun begins to sink below the horizon and Farfalla's guests start to leave one by one. Isadora is the last to go, and Farfalla walks her down the lane. They get near the oak tree, and Isadora stops in her tracks, tilting her head to the side like she is listening intently to something only she can hear. Her brow furrows, and she closes her eyes. Farfalla stands next to her, perplexed, but not daring to disrupt whatever is going on by speaking. Finally, Isadora opens her eyes and turns toward the tree, a look of worry on her face. There will be a long silence, she says, her gaze unwavering. Beware the dark horse in the snow. What do you mean? asks Farfalla, her voice quivering. Her hand instinctively goes to the tree pendant on the silver chain Paloma gifted her earlier. I don't know any more than that, I'm sorry answers Isadora, turning to face Farfalla. My people believe all things have a spirit in them, including trees. This one is... different. I can't explain it. Just be careful, she ends, lacing her arms around Farfalla in a warm embrace that does nothing to dispel the chill going down Farfalla's spine. Are you sure you're okay getting home in the dark? I could ask Papa to give you a ride, suggests Farfalla, as they part ways at the bottom of the lane. I'll be fine. I'm well acquainted with the night creatures, smiles Isadora. She takes a few steps down the road before stopping and turning around. Sweet dreams, Farfalla, she shouts. Farfalla waves goodbye, then turns and walks back toward the house the silhouette of the oak tree towering above her against the indigo sky. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week for Chapter 4, The Aviary Finishing School for Girls of Distinction, in which Farfalla and her sister Paloma return to boarding school, to Farfalla's great chagrin. The Skylark Bell is brought to you by Fate and Starling Publishing and features original music by Canal. If you're enjoying this story, please consider leaving a rating or a review. They're both greatly appreciated. I also love to connect with listeners on social media. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Mastodon, as well as the contact form on my website. If you'd like to support my work, you can also join my Patreon, where you get early access to ad-free episodes, as well as MP3 downloads of the music, artwork, behind-the-scenes videos, and more. Just check the show notes for all necessary links. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Melissa Oliveri, writer, host, and producer of the Skylark Bell Podcast.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.